0: Well, let's go ahead to continue those applause for Frisco, okay? Because Frisco Satellite is, is live, and we are glad that they are on board with us. Now, last week we started a series called The Call, and we took a look at the eight things that you need to understand about your calling. We discovered in the, in the message last week that the word call is used over 100 times in the New Testament alone. It is used 10 times more than the word purposes. Today, we're going to take a look at the first calling on your life. Now, for you to understand your calling, you have to begin with God, because God created you. You did not create yourself. That may be a little shock to you, okay? You didn't create yourself, so you just can't uh, conjure up in your own mind what that purpose is you you only god can do that okay because he is your creator he's the one that gets to tell you what your purpose is and so your purpose is wrapped up in the nature of god the bible is very clear that the nature of god is love love is his nature And the Bible says that everything that has ever been created in the universe, God did so out of love. God has never made anything that he doesn't love. You've heard the song, there are the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees, okay? He loves them all. Birds, bees, flowers, and trees. And he loves you. You were created as an object of God's love. He made you to love you. And he did so so that you would experience His love and be able to pass it on. Ephesians 1 talks about this. Take a look at Ephesians 1, verses 4 and 5. Long ago, even before before He made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ. Now stop right there. You know those pictures that you see of the Hubble telescope that's out in outer space of the universe? Every time I see that, and every time you see that, you need to stop yourself and realize That God chose you to love you before the universe was even created. In fact, he created the universe so as to create our solar system, so as to create our planet, and he created our planet in such a way that you could be, so that you could live. And he created you to love you. Paul goes on to be holy and without fault in his eyes. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family. God has wanted a family before the universe was created. By bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ, and this gave him great pleasure. Will you circle the phrase great pleasure? God made you to love you. Now, in this series, we're going to take a look at the five callings that God has on your life. And like I mentioned earlier, the word calling is is, is mentioned a hundred different times or more in the New Testament. Ten more times than the word purpose. But when you look at the word calling... We're talking about God's purpose for your life. We're talking about God's assignment for your life. We're talking about the reason that God created you. And the very first purpose or reason that God created you is not for you to serve him. That may be a shock. A lot of times when we think, well, I want to know what my calling is. I I just want to fulfill it. I want to serve God. And we just think that it's service. But folks, the very first purpose for which you were created is simply this, to be loved by God. Let that sink in. The very first purpose isn't to serve God, obey God, listen to God, trust God, or even to love God back. No, your very first purpose is to let God love you. God created you not to do something. Folks, he created you to receive something think about that he created you as a receptacle he created you as a benefactor he created you to receive something let that sink in you see this is taught throughout the whole bible in the book of jude and i choose this book cuz some of you think that jude is a song by the beatles right okay uh, you know you know the song don't make it bad, make a good song. I'm glad it wasn't a singing contest this morning, okay? It's not a song, okay? Uh, out of the Bible written by the Beatles. No, the book of Job is the book right before the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible. It is one chapter with 25 verses. And I want you to know this book because one day when you get to heaven and you run into Jude, I want you to be able to say, hey, I read your book. It's really awesome. I like short books, okay? One book, 25, 25 verses. And the first verse says this. This letter is from Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ. Now stop right there this is a humble statement, because what he does not mention here is that he is the half-brother of Jesus. Did you know that? You see, when Mary had Jesus, she was a virgin. But after Jesus, Mary and Joseph had other daughters and sons, and two of those sons are here, Jude and James. I mean, how would you like to be the brother of Jesus? How would you like that? You come up to your mother, Mary, or come up to your mother, Mary, and, Mom, Mom, Jesus did this. Jude, Jesus is perfect. I mean, how many of you grew up in a household with other siblings where your parents thought your, your brothers and sisters were perfect, okay? Well, but let's don't go there. I'm digressing right now, Okay. Notice what it says, though. I am writing to all who are called to live in the love of God the Father and in the care of Jesus Christ. And so my first purpose isn't to go out and do something. My first purpose is to receive something, to receive and let God love on me. Well, if that's my first purpose, then my first calling is simply this, to enjoy a relationship with God. Your number one one calling in your life isn't rules, regulations, and rituals. Folks, it's a relationship. Now, this may shock you, but but Christianity is not a world religion filled with rules, regulations, and rituals. Rather, it is a relationship. God sent Jesus so you could have a relationship, not a religion. And what kind of relationship has God called you into? Does God want you to be a servant? No. Does God want you to be a slave? No. Does God want you to be a soldier? No. Does God want you to be a warrior? No. Does God want you to be a worker? No. Then what does God want you to be? God wants you to be a son or daughter. He wants you to be in his family. Take a look at Romans chapter 1 and verse 7 here. Dear friends in Rome, let's personalize this. Dear friends in Plano, dear friends in Frisco, God loves you dearly and he has called you to be his very own people. So let me give you the three fundamental truths that this series is really built upon. Will you write these down? My first purpose is to be loved by God. My first calling is to enjoy a relationship with God. And that relationship isn't one of being a slave or a servant or or a soldier or a warrior or a worker. That relationship is to be a son or a daughter. Folks, that's the most amazing truth that you will ever hear in your life. That you are a a son or daughter of the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of the universe. And he doesn't want you to be a slave or a servant or a soldier. He wants you to be a son or a daughter. This is your number one calling in life. It isn't to go out and do something. It isn't to go out and have fun. It isn't to go out and try to accomplish something. No, God created you, and he called you to experience his love. Now, a lot of people know about God's love. In fact, as I talk to people about Christ, it says, well, do you know that God loves you? Oh, yeah, I know that God loves me. In fact, you may sit here and say, well, I know that God loves me. But a lot of times, people think that that love is just boring. You see, if you think that this topic of God loving you is boring, it's only because you haven't experienced it. It's only because uh, you have it in your head and you haven't allowed it to impact your heart. It may be because you're a fan of Jesus. You've heard of him. Oh, yeah, he's a pretty good guy, okay. But you're not a follower of his. You haven't allowed it to impact your life. God says You are named and called and counted as a child of God. Now, why in the world would God do something like that? In order to express his love. And his love is extravagant. It's it's lavish. It is beyond comprehension. In fact, when I wrote this message, I thought this is probably one of the toughest messages to write because how in the world do you describe the love of God? And yet it is lavish. It is beyond what we can think. You see, God loves you on your good days as well as your bad days. God loves you when you think about him and when you don't think about him. God loves you when you you feel it and when you don't feel it. God loves you when you think you deserve it and when you don't deserve it. You can't make God stop loving you, period. God will never uh, God will never love you any more or any less than he loves you right now because God's love towards you is not based on who you are or who you think you are or what you've done or what you're hoping to do. No, it is based on who he is, and God's nature is love. God is love. Your number one calling in life is not to go out and do something first. First. We'll get there, but you can't give what you have not received first, and God has built you as a receptacle to receive his love. Take a look at Ephesians 3, 17 through 19. I pray, and let's stop there, because this whole week as I've been preparing my heart to share with your heart, I've been praying this prayer out of Ephesians 3 as your pastor. I pray that Christ will be more and more at home. In other words, you'll be comfortable with Jesus. So many people are not comfortable even saying the name of Jesus. Oh, I believe in God. Do you believe in Jesus? God wants you to be comfortable with him. At home in your hearts as you trust in him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. In other words, your life needs to be rooted deep in this aspect of who God is. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love really is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is so great you will never fully understand it. Will you circle the word experience it? Now, you've heard me say this before. Trying to understand God's love is like an ant trying to understand the Internet, It's virtually impossible. Well, in fact, it is impossible, okay? But the Bible says that is our first calling in life, to understand how wide, how long, how high, and how deep God's love is for you. You see, how wide is God's love for you? Will you write this down? It's wide enough to be everywhere. You see, there is no place on this planet that God's love isn't. It's in a bar filled full of drunks at legacy shops at one o'clock in the morning. It's in a red light district where people are buying and selling their bodies. It is in a ghetto where everyone is poor and maybe even homeless. You sit there and you say, well, I, I don't see God's love there. Well, that doesn't mean it's not real, and it doesn't mean that it's not there. Folks, there's a lot of things that you and I don't see, right, that are real, we don't see radio waves, but they're real. We don't see God, but he's real. And if you and I could experience that, wow, it'd change our lives, wouldn't it? See, there's a lot of stuff, folks, that we can't see, but it doesn't mean that it's not there and it's not real. And so what I am saying is that God's love is everywhere, meaning that there is no place that you are at that God is isn't. You may feel alone. There may be moments of loneliness that just wave over you, but the reality is this. You are never, ever alone because God's love is wide enough to be everywhere. Well, how long is God's love? Well, folks, it's long enough, will you write this down, to last forever. Forever. You see, human love wears out, doesn't it? I mean, would anyone like to give a story about that right now? Okay, human love runs out. That's why there's divorce and and breakups and conflicts. Human love wears out, but God's love never wears out. God will never, ever stop loving you. And here's a thought. Even if you choose to reject him and you choose hell over heaven, guess what? God will still love you. Because God's love is an everlasting love. How deep is God's love? Will you write this down? It's deep enough to handle anything. You see, no matter what problem you're facing, no matter what uh, pain you're going through, no matter what hurt you're experiencing right now, God's love is deeper still. You may be sitting here and saying, "Man, I am in the pits. I am in the pit of hell. I- I've never been so low in all my life. In fact, I'm at the bottom." God's love is deeper still. It is deeper than your pain. It is deeper than your problem. It is deeper than your hurt. Well, how high is God's love? Will you write this down? It's high enough to overlook my sin. It's high enough to overlook my flops, failures, and fumbles. You see, God offers you forgiveness through the cross of Jesus Christ. He offers that to you again and again and again and again. In fact, millions of years ago, before the world came into existence, he thought of how he was going to bring you back to himself. He thought of you, and he chose you, and he decided, you know what? I love you. And he has been waiting for a moment where you are just still enough where he can say to you, I love you. I've always loved you. I I was there when you were born. When you chose to reject me, I still loved you. And whether you realize it or not, my eye has been on you before you were even created. I love you. And so here is my question. How would your life change? How would it be different? How would it be transformed if you began to be aware of God's continuous, unconditional, never-ending love for you? what would it be like in the morning when you woke up and as you're having breakfast to realize that the god of the universe has his eye on you would that change you or when you're in the middle of your day and you're dealing with some business issue some sales or something that's going on and it's and it's it's confounding you and it's and it's conflicting with others and you realized all of a sudden you know what God loves me Or when you come home after a busy day and you're worn out and you enter into the chaos of a family in the 21st century and yet you realize that God loved you, how would that make a difference in your life? You see, I could give you hundreds of different ways that it would change your life, but this morning what I want to do is I want to give you five things where your life will be radically changed when you realize in the soul of your being God's love for you. The first one is this I will feel accepted rather than ashamed. You see, most people go through life, and truly, if you had a knee to knee, face to face conversation with them, they would tell you they really don't like themselves. They feel ashamed. They feel guilty. They feel under condemnation. They feel judged. They think, you know, I know God's perfect and I'm not, and so why in the world do I want to hang around someone who's going to remind me of my imperfection, my sin? But what they don't realize is that Jesus didn't come into this world to condemn the world, but rather to save it. Romans 8.1, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, says there is now no. That word no in the Greek is emphatic. It means no. There is no condemnation. From Jesus Christ for those who are from Jesus Christ who are one of his kids. And so what that means is that we're accepted by Him. Take a look at Romans 5, verse 1. By faith we have been made acceptable to God. And now because of our Lord Jesus Christ, we live at peace with God. Will you circle the word acceptable? And because God's and because God accepts you unconditionally. You have peace. Will you circle that word and draw a line between those two? Now let me tell you why this is so important. It's because most people need to be set free from the addiction of approval. Most people spend their entire lives seeking the approval of others, and it affects every aspect of their life. It affects how they dress, how they walk, how they talk, that car they drive, the school they send their kids to. It affects every aspect of, of their life, and by the way, our lives as well, more than I can even begin to describe. We are addicts to the approval of others. But when you begin to realize, That I don't need other people's approvals, that I've already got God's, I can be happy. I can be happy. When you begin to experience the unconditional approval of God, when someone criticizes you, it doesn't have to bother you. You see, because you realize, you know what, if God likes me and I like me and you don't like me, guess who's got the problem? sure ain't me. <laughs> you know what? It's you. Now, I say this not in a prideful way, but folks, I'm at the top of the chain in this organization. Not because I'm better than anyone else. It's just because I I started the church 27 years ago, and what that means is this. I get all the criticisms and complaints. I get them all, okay? In fact, last night I was sitting, getting ready, preparing my heart on emails, and I got an email who just blasted me. Guess what? It doesn't have to bother me. Because I know that God loves me. Take a look at Romans 8, and 34. If God says his chosen ones are acceptable to him, can anyone bring charges against them? Or can anyone condemn them? No, indeed. Because I feel accepted rather than ashamed. Folks, this is a huge one because most people are walking through life feeling condemned. They are afraid of God and yet they have nothing to be afraid of. And so when I experience God's unconditional love moment by moment, then number two happens. I'm bold in bringing my uh, my needs to God. I'm bold in my prayer life. And why is that? It's because I am a son or daughter of God, and I know that I can talk with God about anything. When my kids were growing up, when they were young, they would come to me, and they would ask me for anything and everything because they thought I had it all. I'll never forget one time, I said, they asked me for something, I said, well, dad doesn't have any money. Well, dad, just go to one of those machines and get it out, okay? I can tell you today, they realized that I don't know everything and I don't have everything. But God does. Take a look at this verse, Romans 8, 14 and 15. All who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you should not be like cowering, fearful slaves. You should behave instead like God's very own children, adopted into his family, calling him father, dear father. Stop right there. I love that phrase, don't you? Father, dear father. In the Aramaic, that means Abba. That is not a Swiss our Swedish band, okay? It, it, it literally means daddy, daddy, dear daddy, papa, dear papa. What Paul is saying there is this, that when you come to God to talk boldly about your needs, that you don't have to come with highfalutin language like, oh, most holy father. I mean, what if my kids came to me and said, oh, thou most holy, benevolent father? I'd go, what? Let me tell you how my kids talk to me. They call up on the phone now. Hey, Dad. I said, hey, yeah, what's going on? I need cash. They are that straightforward. They are that bold. They don't come with these highfalutin words. They get right down to the point. Guess what? The Bible says you can come that way to God. Father, dear Father. And notice that he goes along and he says, and since we are his children, we will share his treasures for everything God gives to his son, Christ is ours too. I think one of the best pictures of this is a picture. In fact, throw this up on the big screen is a picture of president Kennedy. You remember that picture? There's another picture where he, he, President Kennedy, Kennedy, the most powerful man in the world, is standing with his advisors, and there is his son, little John, playing. How is that possible? He has privileges. He's part of the family. And because he's one of the family, he has 24-7 access. You are a son or a daughter of God, and you have special privileges. You have special access 24-7 to bring your needs to God. Now, I have to confess my pride. There are times when people in our church go into ICU, and the unit is closed down only certain hours, right? Okay? You can't get in, but I have to confess, I I use my pastor card at times. I come there and the door's locked and I'm Yes, I'm Pastor George Pfizer of Life Point Church and one of my members wants me to pray with them and pray for them. And then you know what I hear next? "Mm," And the door clicks and I get to walk right on in. Bonus for me. When you are a child of God, you got that you get that kind of access you got special privileges you can pull the card i'm a son or daughter of yours take a look at hebrews 4:16 let us then approach the throne of grace that's that's prayers with confidence that's boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need folks god loves you i am accepted I feel accepted and not ashamed. I am bold in my prayers about my needs. And then the third thing, when I begin to truly experience God's love is this, I have a peace and pain I don't understand. You see, you're going to have a lot of things in your life that's going to happen to you that you aren't going to understand, and it's going to raise this question, why? Why this? Why now? Why me? Why? Now let me say this, with as much compassion as I possibly can, That God doesn't owe you an explanation for everything that happens in your life. And understand that everything that happens in your life isn't God's will. Evil isn't God's will. It happens because oftentimes we choose wrong. And when we do, we hurt others and other people hurt us. And so not everything is God's will. And when things happen in your life, it's going to raise questions within you that will not make any sense, like a loss or a death or a divorce or a breakup or some kind of conflict that's going on. But here's the deal. You don't have to understand them to have peace. I have been a pastor for 40 years, and I know this, that explanations do not give peace. When someone dies and they are given an explanation for the loss of their loved one, it does not make them happier. I have never seen a person to this day when they heard the news of why they died. Oh, that just makes me so happy. Folks, explanations don't bring happiness. What you need is not an explanation. What you need is presence. And through the presence of God comes a peace that passes all understanding. Will you write down this phrase, because I'm only going to read verse 7. Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Verse 7, though, says this, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and and your minds in Christ Jesus. You see, what is this peace that passes all understanding? Folks, it's when you feel at peace, even though you don't understand, even though you can't explain why in the world this is happening, at this time, you have this supernatural peace that just overwhelms you, and you go, it's okay. And the reason that you get there is because of what you do know. You know that God is a good God. You know that he loves you. You know that he made you to love you. You know that what, he has his best for you. you. You know that you can trust him even though you don't understand what's going on. And it's in what you know, not in what you don't know, but in what you do know, in that relationship that gives you a peace that passes all understanding. And so you have a feeling. It's supernatural. It's going to be okay. When my firstborn came into this world, every parent has great aspirations, and we had great aspirations for our firstborn. At 10 years old, he could not read. He was heavily, heavily, heavily dyslexic. And also, he had ADD and all the other letters of the alphabet behind that, okay? And it raised great concerns within our hearts. And so what we did is we turned to what we knew, God, we know that you love our firstborn. We know that. We know that you made him deliver. We know that you have his best interests at heart. And that gave us a sense of peace. Today, my oldest boy is a dispatcher for a national trucking firm. God is in his life, and every now and then, he'll call me up about, probably about once out of every three to four months. Dad, I just led another uh, trucker uh, over uh, the CB radio to Christ. I said, go God. You see, God's love doesn't exempt you and I from pain and suffering. Just because you're a Christian doesn't make you better than a non-Christian. Folks, you and I are going to experience it. The difference, though, is this, is that you're going to get a peace that passes all understanding. And that oftentimes comes through the promises of God. Let me give you a promise that I've claimed. Romans 8, 28, and we're going to talk about this tomorrow, or next week. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Will you circle called and purpose because they go together. When we live the call and we let God love us, when we just say, I'm just going to be a receptacle, God, love on me. And we respond back in loving God. We know, it says. It doesn't say we hope, we wish, we think it might be. No, it says we know. That all all things, God works for good. And that results in peace. The fourth thing, when you and I get experiencing God's love totally, is this, I gain the courage to take risks. When When somebody believes in you, that you're capable of doing something more than what you've even dreamt of, guess what? That inspires you. There are times in my life, in a week as a pastor, that in five days, I've had a major staff issue that I had to discuss and decide upon. I had a funeral, and then I had a wedding, and then I had to walk in Sunday and teach, and I felt like, you know what, I can't do this. I am spiritually worn out. I'm emotionally drained. There is nothing left in me, and then all of a sudden, my eye catches my wife Cheryl and she's smiling at me and she gives me the little wink and then all of a sudden my engine goes and I think I can do this why? because I needed someone's belief in me that I could and it inspires you see when someone believes in you unconditionally like God does you know what it's going to do? It's going to release you. Right now, you have dreams that, you, that have gone unfulfilled in your life because you are scared to death to go after them. You're thinking, I- I'm going to fail. Well, let me just say this. They will go unfulfilled until you key in on God's love for you and you let him give you confidence that's beyond your abilities. I want you to listen to Francine as she shares her story, how she opened up her heart to God and allowed him to love on her, that through that she discovered her calling. Listen to this.
1: I had been a stay-at-home mom for a couple of months and was starting to feel a little bit lost and disconnected. So somebody in my small group actually encouraged me to look into joining the worship team I met with Mike, and after speaking with him, felt like it would be a good fit for me, given that I'd sung in choirs in the past. Um, But from the very first rehearsal, I could tell that this was gonna be a different experience. We broke into small groups and did devotionals and prayed together. And then when we started working on the songs, it wasn't just about learning the notes or the words. He asked us to really think about what we were singing and what was meaningful and impactful and I'd never been challenged to think about it that way before. When I'm singing, I feel such a connection to God, and I feel like it's my way of giving back to Him. I feel in that moment that I'm speaking directly to Him. Last Christmas, I helped out with the kids' program, and it was such an amazing experience for the kids and for myself. Afterward, I started toying with the idea of starting a kids' choir. And one day, while sitting reading my Bible, I really felt God calling me, saying, yes, you can do this. So I spoke with some of the people over in LifePoint Kids and all of the pieces started falling into place. So I stepped out in faith and started the LifePoint Kids Choir. My hope is that these children can learn that it's not about standing up and performing a song, but that through singing to God, we are growing closer to Him and giving back to Him but also doing something that we love. I'm excited to see them perform here at LifePoint at the Frisco campus and in the community as well. And mostly, I'm excited to see them grow in their faith through this experience.
0: Let's give it up for Francine. That's awesome. You see, God just wants us to be a receptacle. And yet, a lot of times, what prevents that is our mistakes, isn't it? I'll never forget when I was about seven years old in Kermasale, Turkey, I was in my room putting together a model airplane, and back then, the glue, though it was, you know, kind of airplane glue, wasn't like crazy glue, and you put it together, and it automatically stuck. So my plane was falling apart constantly, and I got frustrated, and I just said, I failed. And my dad overheard that outside the room, and he knocked, and he says, uh, George, can I come in? And I said, yeah. And he says, what's going on? I says, Dad, I'm trying to put this plane together, and it just won't stay together. I have fa- I failed. And I will never forget what God or what my dad said to me. He said, that's okay. We can start over and this time I will help. And when I heard that, guess what? I knew that it was going to be done. This is what the heavenly father has to say to you. It's okay. You're human. You make mistakes. Together, we can start over. Folks, I don't care whether you're 15 or 150. I don't care if you're still working or you're retired. God says, hey, it's never too late. We can start over. You see, when you begin to experience that kind of unconditional love where the Father's arms are wrapped around you, it turns losers into winners. Folks, I don't care what you have done in your life. It hasn't shocked God one bit, and it hasn't affected his love towards you. For some of you, you needed to hear that this morning. And this is your moment. God has been waiting on you to be still enough to hear him say to you, I love you. You have spent your whole life entire life running away from God, afraid to surrender to him. And it's not because you don't love him, it's because you just don't know how much God loves you. And if you really understood how much God loves you, how he wants to put his loving arms around you, you would surrender your life to him. And the fear that you would have in your life would exit out the back door. Take a look at 1 John 4.18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love dries out fear because fear has to do with punishment. When love comes in the front door, fear goes out the back door. And for some of you, this is your moment. Let's take this to God and let's talk with him. Maybe today is your day that you allow to be a receptacle of God's love for you and you become one of his sons or one of his daughters. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you for your eternal, never-ending, everlasting love. Even when we've blown it, God, it hasn't affected you one iota towards us. Maybe this morning you need to say this in your heart. God, I accept the fact that I am human, that I make mistakes, that my heart has been filled with fear of your condemnation, of your disapproval. I, but God, today I believe and know that you love me, that you've loved me before you even made me, that you've had your eye on me all my life, and that you have waited for this moment to say to me, I love you. God, I accept that love. Come into my life, come into my heart right now. Let me be, let me understand the depth, how high, how wide, how long, how deep your love is for me. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to know God heard you. Would you just let me know? I don't care whether you're at Frisco or whether you're here in the Plano site. Will you just write the letter A and circle it? Today has been your day. It's been your moment where you've received God's love for your life. I want to celebrate that with you. So at the end of the service, just throw it in the offering basket as it goes by. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the call that we have on our life to just love you, to just be loved by you. We give you this in your son's name. Amen.